Hello and thank you for taking a moment to listen to God's word today. Right now we are in the middle of the series called It's All About Money. So we hope that this sermon is a blessing to you and your family. We are uh, we have been part of this series called It's All About Money and we have been learning how to handle money in God's way. Because finances is quite important. Like I said, many of us, especially Christians, we don't think about it. We don't talk about it. Uh, we say that we don't think about it, and so we don't talk about it. But technically speaking, many of us, we think about it, and we think about it a lot. And many of us, we are actually quite obedient when it comes to giving 10% to God. I'm actually thankful and happy and proud of our church as a pastor because even during the time of COVID, uh, people have been giving to God non-stop and they've been going forward with that and they've been faithful in that so let's thank God for for such obedience amen and at the same time are we obedient with the rest of the 90% that God has entrusted with us because it's the 90% also belongs to God because the Bible says God owns everything including us so we looked at that in week one that it's not about just the 10% it's also about the 90% which means that we are going to learn how to handle the remaining 90% and last week I was teaching on this title the psychology of money if your money can talk what would your money say to you and we looked at three things that the money would say to us saying that first of all be patient don't just get rid of me too quickly you know be patient with your spending and the second thing was be active don't be lazy be active when it comes to giving investing and saving and number three we saw that plan it whatever you do with money plan it so that you will not be fooled this morning <clears throat> God has an amazing word for us but before that here is some slides I want to show you right let's let's take a look at this one I've got some funny jokes on slides as well I'm not just gonna say it let's see let's see here's the first one it's about priorities look at this guy <clears throat> floods no matter what happens he'll carry his pets now that will not be me I'm just telling you guys that will not be me maybe rest of you I am not a pet person that'll be probably Zion in my hand and that's about it and Jimmy coming running in the back <laughs> all right here's the second one here's the second one there are some jokes right that's it you see a little child there getting swallowed by this you know camel but the first thing is you take a picture then you save your child from being eaten by a camel people got their priorities right hey mm -hmm. here's the third one I love this here's the third one yeah yeah first post on Facebook Twitter and Instagram that you've got a child then you hold your firstborn how cruel is that really bad really bad really bad here comes here comes the best one a toothbrush was complaining one day I hate my job and the toilet roll said seriously <laughs> all right get rid of that <laughs> oh wow 
Let's say the word confession together, shall we? On the count of three, two, one, go. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. And I can all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and give God the glory. Yes, some of you are still in the toilet brush, I mean, <laughs> in the toothbrush joke. <laughs> Go to Joshua 23, Joshua 23 verse 15, it says, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my household and my family, we will serve the Lord. Here is Joshua who is making a clear public declaration of his priorities in life. He is making a clear declaration of a spiritual priority. This morning I will be talking, talking to you on this title, Set Your House in Order. Set Your House in Order. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, Set Your House in Order. Set Your House in Order. Amen. Set Your House in Order. Joshua is setting his house in order. He is declaring in front of a nation and he is saying, you can choose today whom you want to serve. If you want to serve the true living God or if you want to serve the idols of this land. But as for me and my family, we've got our priorities straight. No matter, even if the entire nation turns away and goes towards an idol, we will set our priorities right. We will not follow the pattern of the majority, but rather even if we have to be on our own in this, we know who our God is and we are going to set our priority right. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He set his house in order. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of, you know, people being, talking bad about Yahweh God. He says, that doesn't matter. I will set the house in order. This morning I want to share with you on how to have, you know, a principle in life where we would have our priorities right financially it is important to have our finances in order our finances in priority in the right priority you know why because every decision that we make about our finances both the 10% and 90% it's all spiritual how we handle the 90%, it's also spiritual because it's God's money. So we need to get our house in order. Do you want to do it? Give me a thumbs up if you want to do it. Come on, give me a thumbs up if you want to do it. Amen, amen. 
I want to teach you this morning on this principle from Exodus chapter 13. If you've got your Bibles with you, just turn with me to Exodus chapter 13. And I want to teach you on the principle of first. On the principle of first. You know, if everything is important to you, then nothing is important. If you think everything, is, everything that you do is important, then, that, then that's not priority. Nothing is actually important. So we need to have some principles and we're going to learn from Exodus chapter 13 and it's called the principle of the first. Everybody shout out and say, first things first. First things first. Amen. Is God really first in our lives? That comes to be the first question that I want to ask you all. Is God really first? And most of us, we do think that God is first in our lives. And when I say, is God first in your life? When I ask that question, I am not talking about this shopping list priority of first and then you put a tick next to God and you move on to different things in life. And many, many of us, we do that. We natu- because we think, okay, I need to put God first, so He's the first thing, so I'm going to put a tick for prayer and I'm going to put a tick for Bible, but that Bible reading, and then the rest of the day, there's no connection. And you believe that you are entitled to have a good day because you put tick to God first. I'm not talking about that kind of first. I'm talking about Jesus being the center of your life so that everything that you do revolves around that so that your thought process, whatever that you choose to do and whenever you choose to do, all you think about is how would God respond to me about this and naturally you think about God first, not with a list of things on the top. Let me explain this to you. Many of us, husbands, wives, children, many of us, we love our families. We love people, we love relationships, we value that. In different <clears throat> seasons of your life, we value different relationships. And many times when we value something, we think about that a lot. Psychologists say that whatever that you think about, you naturally tend to do that and you'll be inclined, your life will be inclined towards the thoughts. So if friendships are really important to you and if that's what you're thinking about, then you will be doing things a lot with your friends. You think about what you could do and what will you do tomorrow, what will you do the next day. So your thoughts drives you. So whatever that you give value the most, you naturally do it. If a guy likes a girl and she lives like, you know, a few hours away, nobody has to teach him that he needs to spend money on petrol, get on a bike and go see her. He naturally does it because he's in love. And everybody said, ooh la la. He's naturally, and when, when he's in love, nothing feels like an expenditure. Because it feels like an investment. I'm investing into my love so that it has value. And it, it, uh, so, if I, so if I spend, if I, even when I don't have money to put petrol for my return journey, I will still go see her. How many of you have been there? All of you are turning your cameras off or what? 
<laughs> I hope you understand what I'm talking about. You love a football game. Doesn't matter. No matter what you're doing, you would stop everything else. And when the, when the game comes on TV, you are there. Whatever you love, whatever you value the most, you are there to do it. Do you value God that way? Is your relationship with God at the center of everything that you do? Because when Jesus is at the center of everything that you do, so Jesus will be at the center of your home, your family, your marriage, your relationship, your finances, inside the house, outside the house, in the car, in the church, wherever you are, He's at the center, which means that everything that you do revolves around Him. So you don't have to fit Jesus into your calendar. Your calendar is built around your relationship with Jesus. Come on somebody. You don't have to make time to come to church. You don't have to make time to pray. I'm just too big. Come on, how can you say that? Try that with your wife. I'm just too busy, honey, to come home today. She'd be like, yeah, I'm too busy to open the door for you. Sleep in the streets. <laughs> we don't do that. But we're too busy for God. So the principle of the first has to be driven from Jesus being at the center of your life. So let's, let's, let's align that in our lives. Because what I'm going to teach you today, if you don't get this right, you will not understand from where I'm teaching from. Otherwise, you will take this in a legalistic point of view. You will take this as a bunch of rules and not as a relationship. And Jesus is not about impose, imposing rules on us, but he wants us to do something out of the love that we have for God. It's all relationship-based. Amen? So when God is first in our lives, everything comes into order. In other words, when God is not first in our life, everything is out of order. Go to Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. I want you to underline, if you got your Bibles, if you want to highlight, you know, I want you to, wherever you see the word first, I want you to make a note of that, okay? God said, Consecrate to me all the Firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. God is saying, all the firstborn, whether it is from mankind or from animal kind, both of it belongs to the Lord. All the firstborns in the family say, Amen, Hallelujah. God really wants us, right? I don't know about the second, the third, and the middle, I don't know. Feeling special, anybody? No? Okay. <laughs> and Exodus chapter 13, verse 12 and 13 says that you shall set apart for the Lord all that open the womb, that is every, again, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Here's point number one. The firstborn must be either sacrificed or redeemed. Number one. The firstborn must be sacrificed 
are redeemed. Write this down and it's going to make sense to you in just a minute because I'm going to bring it all together for you and it will make sense. And you might sit there thinking, okay, pastor, this is law. We're living under grace. If you live under grace, law has to be fulfilled. Who fulfilled the law? Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. Because he fulfilled the law, grace became available for us. So even though we are a New Testament Christian, a New Covenant Christian, even though we live under the grace of the Lord, but the law was fulfilled for us, which means that we live under the fulfillment of the law. And let me make this more clear to you. How do you know whether the firstborn needs to be sacrificed or redeemed? God gives a very good example. You know, in chapter uh, 13, verse 12 and 13, there are two animals he's showing. He's saying, the donkey represents the unclean and the lamb represents the clean. And when the donkey, when it's unclean, you need to redeem it, which means the unclean has to be redeemed through the clean. And God calls the firstborn as a sacrifice. If you need redemption, a sacrifice needs to be made. So that is why God says, consecrate your firstborn. In other words, give your best to God. Sacrifice your best to God. The firstborns were considered to be the first thing of the stock. Whether be it in animal, whether be it in, in mankind, whatever it is, the first belongs to God, which means that you've got to consecrate that to the Lord so that the unclean shall be redeemed. So the lamb, the first lamb needs to be sacrificed so that the donkey shall be redeemed. And, and let me say something. Let me say something here. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. He's referred all across the Bible, from Old Testament to the New Testament, that he is the lamb to be slain. When we and I, when we, we all of us, when you and I, when we were born, we did not, we were not born clean. We are the unclean. We were not born. Jesus was the only person ever who was born clean. And him being the lamb had to be sacrificed for us to be redeemed. In other words, God gave his only first son. His firstborn so that you and I will be redeemed. He applied the principle. That's why when he was coming into Jerusalem, he was riding on what? On a donkey. To show the world that the Savior is here. He's on his way on a donkey, which represents unclean people. The everybody on earth, he the donkey represents unclean people who needs to be redeemed. So he rides on the donkey to show that the lamb is going to the cross, but he is going for victory. 
His death on the cross is going to bring victory. So that's why both the donkey and the lamb was welcomed. And that's a picture of what you will see when we enter heaven. Oh, is this making sense to anybody? Come on. Are you excited about this? When what was happening there, we, we celebrate as Palm Sunday, is nothing but an entry procession of you and I, a prophetic picture of you and I, where we walk into, even though we are donkeys, even though we are unclean people, even though we were born out of sin, but we are welcome with palm leaves and hosanna, and, and people laying, you know, clothes on the floor, a red carpet welcome for us. You know why? Because the Lamb is on us. The one who redeemed, he is the identity. I don't know if you're excited about this truth. Come on. He is so good. What a mighty God we serve. That's why everything you read on the Old Testament is a fulfillment. It's a prophetic picture and every single detail was fulfilled. What he spoke in Exodus 13 is fulfilled in the New Testament, in the Gospels. In the Gospels. Because you see, we, we came from an unclean lifestyle. You don't have to, parents, you are witness to this, you don't have to teach your children to be bad. Nobody teaches their children to be bad. Hey, if this happens, you got to lie and then mommy will come and correct you and then I will punish you and then you will be given forgiveness. Nobody teaches that. It's natural. We teach them to be good. That's our human nature. All of us, even though we are unclean, here's another, another revelation, truth. Even though we were all unclean, we were all God's firstborn. We were all God's firstborn. So that he had to redeem the firstborn with his firstborn. The clean had to come and redeem the unclean firstborns. So that there is no favoritism in God's eyes. We are all his firstborn. That's why God says, everything that I have is yours. I'm giving everything to you. I'm not withholding anything from you. The first portion redeems the rest. God didn't wait for everybody to make their life right. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ came for us. He's not waiting for, for 10 sheep for you to give one. He's asking you to give the one even before you have your 10. Mm. This is where our problem is. We want to give one when we have our 10. But God is saying, give your one 
Imagine you have a farmland and you're expecting 100 tomatoes to come. But while you're waiting for your 100 tomatoes, you see one tomato that has come. And God is saying, while you're waiting for your 99, pluck that one and bring it to me. That's what he's saying. Even if you don't know if the 99 is going to come, you give the one, you give the first, set your priority right. You bring the first and everything else is in order. Don't wait for you to bring the first to God until God blesses you. He didn't wait for you and I to become better so that he can send his son. While we were yet sinners, while we were, you know, sinning against him, while we were making his heart bleed, he still came down because he loved us. God gave his first. I want to give a tip to the fathers. Shall I do it? This might ruin some people's life, but hey. If you are going to give your daughter in hand to another guy, don't check his bank balance. Check his tight sheet. Check his tight records. If you are dating, girls, listen to me. If you are dating, don't ask him if he's, got, if he's got a good job, if he's getting how much he's getting paid. Ask him if he's tithing. You don't want to marry a thief, do you? I'm not calling him a thief. The Bible says, don't get offended with me. The Bible says that if you keep the first for yourself, you are robbing God. Fathers, do you want your daughter to get married to a thief? Girls? Okay, I'll just leave it at that. All the best to everybody else. Let's not rob God. Here's number two. Here's number two. The first fruits must be offered. Write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. The first fruits must be offered. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. In other words, income. With all your increase, with all your income, wherever your income is increasing, you tithe from that. And verse 10 it says, So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Exodus chapter 23 verse 19 it says, First of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. And I want church, this is exciting because you are ready for truth number two. Because I'm going to do something prophetic and I'm going to do something challenging in our church. From this Sunday onwards, we are officially canceling our giving time. No more giving time. Everybody's like, what? 
You just taught us to give to God. Yes, that's right. I am officially canceling giving time. I'll tell you why. Watch what it says in Exodus chapter 23 verse 19. And you go into any verses when God is talking about giving to the house of God. Bring your tithes. It says the first one of the fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord. In other words, you're bringing because it didn't belong to you in the first place. You're not giving to God, you are bringing to God. In other words, you are returning back what belongs to God. A lot of us, it hurts for us when we give to God because you think you are giving from what belongs to you. You're not giving, you are just bringing. So from today onwards, I officially name our tithe and offering time as bringing time. Change it all in all the run sheets. Change it in all our communications. Change it all. We are going to call it bringing time. We bring ourselves to the house of the Lord. We bring our children to the house of the Lord. We bring our families to the house of the Lord. We bring our tithes. Our offering, our everything belongs to the Lord. So we bring it. You give to a missionary, but you bring to the Lord. <laughs> you give to an organization, you give to a charity, but you bring to the Lord. That's why Jesus said, give to God what belongs to God and give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. The problem is Caesar also belongs to God. Everybody belongs to God. Bring to the Lord. This is the problem when it comes, when you think about, this is why it's hard for us to prioritize. Hard for us to prioritize. Because we think that we are giving, giving. And when you give, you give something that you own. You don't take somebody's children, like for example, when, when, uh, the, uh, when the Jairaj groups, when they leave their children with us, and, and we don't say like, I'm giving, my ch uh, giving your child back to you. They just left them with us because we are taking care of them. And they still belong to Jairaj groups. I don't go, I sacrificially give Kiona and Kezia back to you. They're not going to be like, oh, I accept your sacrifice. <laughs> we think that we are sacrificially giving to God. We're sacrificially, I'm just stretching. No, you sacrificially, you sacrificially give after you've brought what you need to bring to God. bring to God because it belongs to him why did God say that all of the silver and gold from Jericho had to be brought to the Lord's house do you know why because it was the first city in the promised land it's the first city that was built in the promised land so every fruit of it from the first city of the first fruits belongs to the house of the Lord deal with that in Old Testament theology God didn't say bring it after you've built all the other city 
God didn't say bring it after you've conquered the entire promised land. You got your first city, you bring everything to the Lord. You bring everything to the Lord. I don't know how many of you like this. If you don't like it, take it to God. Not my problem. When you give that priority to God, many of us, you know, we like, we, we forget the order. And I have done this mistake. When I got my, when I used to get my, you know, uh, I get my salary and I, and I, the first thing we used to do is like, just, just, you know, put things aside for your expenses. Or, or rent is fixed. I need to give the rent. Or this is fixed. Rent. Then what? Like, you know, food. Netflix. Amazon Prime. I don't know what you're prioritizing. We prioritize all our expenses. And then we see what is left for God. Ooh. How cruel of us to do that. When God entrusts us every month by month. When I learned this principle of first, the moment it comes in, the first thing, and I'm, and I'm telling you this, there is a blessing. That the first thing that should be leaving your account is your tithe. Not your rent, not your mortgage, nothing else, nothing else. If your first thing from your account that leaves is, has to be to what you give to God, to what you bring to God, that got to be the first thing that leaves your account. If you can get that right, everything else will be in order. Trust me, I'm a living miracle of that. I changed it and the first thing I do is send, it doesn't matter if it's Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, whichever day you get your salary. On that day, the moment it's credited, your first debit must be your tithe. You might say, but pastor, well, we got online accounts, you can send the money first thing. If you don't have net banking, withdraw the cash put it in an envelope and say this belongs to the Lord and put it aside and when you come to the house, house of the Lord you give to the Lord put it aside the first of the first of the first we don't even see it in this way but it's important it's important that's, that's my point number three. When you do the first thing first, everything else will be in order. Everything else will be in order. Many of us miss this. Many of us miss this. When God, write this down, when God is first in your life, everything is in order. When He's not, everything is out of order. Go to the next slide. When God is first in your life, everything is in order. When He's not, everything is out of order. When it comes to biblical finance, priority is important. First thing first. And do it in order. Do it with discipline. Bring it to God first. And do it in order. You know why? Because 90% of 
with God's blessing will go further than 100% without his blessing. That's, that's what I believe. That's what the Bible says. And I tell you something. There's something more powerful about this. Abraham was blessed. And I'm saying this for you to understand that God is a man of his word. He doesn't go back in his own principles. Who's Abraham's firstborn? Abimelech? Right. Go read your Bible. Who's, who, who's Ishmael? What did God do? Did God curse him or bless him? God blessed him. God blessed him. He cannot go back on the principle of the first. Even though Isaac was supposed to be the first, even though Abraham made a mistake, and Abraham brought Ishmael to God and said, Lord, unless you bless me, it's not going to be a blessing. You go read this. Abraham says that. Because Abraham believed that thing that I've just said, 90% with God's blessing is better than 100% without his blessing. And God blessed Ishmael. And he said that they will multiply and they will flourish. And aren't they? Aren't they multiplying? And aren't they flourishing? That was God's hand. You go to the Middle East and see that's God's hand. And then the Lord says, but I'm also a promise keeper. So I will bless you with your own, with my blessing, Isaac. And the principle of the firstborn was applied to Isaac as well. And God blessed him. Why am I saying this to you? The blessing of the first is not a joke to God. Don't take it lightly. Even when it was a mistake in Abraham's life, God blessed it. God blessed it. Take it seriously. Take it seriously. It is time for us to set our life in order. It is time for us to set a house in order. If you are the head of the house, it is time for you to set your house in order financially. If you're not married, if you are a son and a daughter, talk to your family about this. Check with your parents. Dad, mom, are we doing this? This is biblical. Let's sit together. Let's talk about it. Are we doing these things in order? Am I paying my phone bill and my Amazon Prime uh, membership and my Netflix first? And then am I giving to God? Or am I doing it in order? The first thing that leaves from my account must belong to the Lord. What do you value the most? Because where your heart is, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Who's your treasure? Is it Jesus? Is it your relationship with Him? And I'm not saying do this in a legalistic way. I'm saying do it because you value the relationship with Jesus. Because He values His relationship with you. 
And we can't beat that. And I gladly give to God because I know how unclean I was. I know how much I have disappointed God. But He sent His first, the very best, own and only, to redeem this unclean man. He did it for me. He did it for you. So I gladly give to Him. I gladly give to Him. Because what He has done for me, I can never match it with what I bring to Him. I can never match it. I can never match His grace. I can never match His forgiveness in my life with the currencies that I bring to Him. But I gladly give because what I am bringing to Him is not my currencies but it's my heart of obedience. And my heart of obedience pleases my Lord. And if my heart of obedience pleases my Lord, I'm going to keep doing that every month over and over and over again. Because He loves me with all His heart and I'm trying to do the same. Would you do that with me? Will we all do, us, do that together? Because as a pastor, I need to set this house in order. As much as I'm preaching this to you, I'm preaching this to myself. I'm responsible for this house to be in order. How will this house, King City Church family, will come to order? When you get your lives in order, when you set your homes and your family in order, then together as a church family, we come together in order. We need to set this house in order. We need to set your house in order. Are we in this together, church? Are you ready to bring a heart of obedience to the Lord every month, month after month, until we die. Can I see a thumbs up? We hope that you are blessed by God's word today. If you would like to support our ministry financially, you can do so at kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And we will see you next week with another inspiring sermon.